I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm looking across the table at my good buddy, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. We're glad you're here. Glad you're here. We had a post, what was it, something that was put out about Guardians of Grace by Google? Did Google put it out? We got three things to report, a trifecta of of sorts. Yes. One, we are closing in on our centennial episode. On my Facebook page and and stuff, it already says we had the 100th podcast, but we're doing... We had two special editions that weren't really podcasts. Yeah, so So. we're using fuzzy math, saying that week after next is the centennial podcast, so be there to listen to it. Yes. We hope you'd be there. Centennial means 100. You knew that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's see, we got a question. Yes. From person that represents Hypergrace, it's a web web page called Hypergrace Gospel, I think. And he got a hold of one of our blogs and had a question, so we can maybe we can do the podcast on the question. Yes, we can. We will. We should. We should. And the third one was oh, the this is huge. Yes. We got a report on the net worth of Guardians of Grace webpage. Yes, Google did a expose on us. Or yeah. Put it out there. Spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it mentioned that we had the 100th podcast, didn't it? Didn't mention that, but... We got some numbers to run by you guys. Yes, yes. It said we were, have been doing the ministry for six years. And just to clarify that, that was six years ago, the thought came into us to to get a web page. And we filed for the domain name, guardiangrace.com, I guess it was. Well, we actually had livebiblestudy.net. We've got about 10 10 domains that that we keep just because they're such good names and I get offers on them all the time. Somebody will offer me X amount of money to take that domain name, but I just leave it all alone. Just to show you that we're not about money, Steve and I could cash in right now. This ministry. This ministry. This ministry's net worth and you would never hear from us again. Right. But we're not. We're in it to 
In it for the long haul. Yes. In it to win it. In it to win it. Let me just read this. Hold your applause till the end. Guardinggrace.com is six years, one month old as of yesterday. It is a domain having a .com extension. You knew we had a .com extension. You probably didn't even know that. Yes. That means .com. It's estimated worth today is... Drum roll, please. $8.95. That won't quite buy two cups of coffee at Starbucks anymore, but it will still buy one cup of coffee. Yes. To share. Yes. And has a daily income of around 15 cents. 15 cents a day. day. Let's see. So we thank you. Oh, uh, more good news. As no active threats, it has no active threats were reported by users. Amen. We're safe. Yeah. We have value. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We have daily positive income. Yes. We're in the red or black. You don't know. Yeah, we're $8 ahead. (laughs) And we've got nobody saying, beware of the hyper grace of guardians of grace. Nobody's doing that. So that's good. And we collect a a grand total of 15 cents a day. So we thank you for that support. (laughs) (laughs) We thank you. Okay, so we covered the the 100th podcast is coming up. What else did we come? Oh, and here's the uh, question. The question, yeah. Let's see. Do you want to just read the whole thing? I won't give his name. I didn't get permission. He said the blog that he read was a bit lengthy, but had some really good stuff in it. And then his question was, if you can't send all you want, can you send some of what you want? So I think he's making a reference to the contention that I put up in the blog that there's a warning out there in in Christendom. It's more prominent a few years back. I think it was directed at some Joseph Prince and people like that. It was that beware of hyper-grace teachers. Beware of the hyper-grace teaching that teaches you can sin all you want and it's okay with God think you listened to our last podcast you would say that we don't teach you consent all you want no we don't but we don't In think grace shape or form our sin all you want say that again we don't teach that grace allows you to sin all you want no grace allows you to not sin all you want let, let me just say first off think of Name one person that goes to church so they can send more. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a straw dog argument. They've set up a boogeyman that would be easy to topple because it's just logical. You, in Christianity, you don't want to sin, but there's actually, in real life, there's, there's no one that wants to sin all they want, and there's no church saying you can sin all you want. I had a, a, a pastor that was putting out a week weekend seminar, and it was against hyper grace. 
you actually use the word, he made this statement that there's a church and this church just says you can sin all you want. And at the end of the the meeting, I went and asked him <laughs> for, the, for the name of the church. There, there was no name. He, he couldn't come up with a name of a church. He, he didn't have any specific church that he, he just made that up. And that's what we're saying. Watch out for that because they're literally making a, a person out to be like that. And I, in my 40 years of being a Christian, have yet to run into the first church that says we can sin all we want. Well, let me just read. You're familiar with Romans 6. Yes. One. I think off the top of my head, it says, What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? Or shall we sin all we want because grace increases? You could say it that way. Shall we sin all you want that grace would increase? And what is his answer? Mea noia. That is a very, strong. very strong Greek word. It's almost yes. cursing. cursing. Yes. yes. Heck no. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. And then he says, no, we, we want to sin less. He doesn't say that. He, you know what he says? He doesn't go down that argument. He says, meanoia. Absolutely not. Heck no. Or do you not know that all of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him in baptism unto death in order that as he was raised, raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. That might walk is that Greek word <laughs> that we talk about a lot. For, for the, the purpose. purpose of walking in newness of life. Yes. But in it's interesting. In newness of life, let me just say it, the new man doesn't sin. Newness of life means walking in sinless of life, in, in a sinless life. Walking in newness of life is a sinless life because walking in newness of life is walking by the Spirit. Spirit. And the Spirit doesn't sin, and neither does guardians of grace condone sin. God doesn't either. You hear that thunder? Well, we didn't come to that mountain. <laughs> yeah. We came to Mount Zion so we could be free from sin. Right. So the, the whole idea, let, let me just start with what Paul says. He, he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? Then he says, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus had been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so too we might walk in newness of life, freshness of the Spirit's life. So instead of arguing, shall we continue in sin, he uses their argument to launch into this teaching that they don't know anything about. 
the reason I know that is he says, do you not know? Right. Don't you know this? So when someone says to you, oh, that hyper grace teaching is dangerous, it can make you, it can lead you to hyper sinning or sin all you want. Ask them, don't you know? And find out if they know. Because apparently these people did not know something. But what was it that they didn't know? They didn't know that they were identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Well, how does that change their life? The, the wages of sin is death, and one died on behalf of all. Therefore, all died. Therefore, all paid their sin debt. And before Paul, because for the next four chapters, Paul talks about how to live the sinless life, which is what we talk about. But before that, he said, don't you know that all sin debt has been paid? He, he, he doesn't negate that, and neither will we. All your sins have been paid for, but you still don't want to sin. No. And if you know what we're about to say, you want sin. And the truth is, generally, people that go to church want to live a life free of sin. Yes, and sin will not be their master because of what reason, Bill? Because they are not under law, but they are under grace. So beware of people that put you under the law. This is the Bible talking. Beware of those people that don't preach to you grace. These people are saying beware of hypergrace, but the Bible is saying your sin is not your master because you are under grace and not under the law. You are no longer under the law because as 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, the power of sin is the law. Just like Romans 7, 8 says, I was alive once apart from the law, but when the commandment came in, sin, sin sprang to life. And here's one where the Bible itself, because I made that claim, I said the Bible tells you not to. Well, here in Galatians, Paul says, I wish they these people who are teaching the law would go ahead and emasculate themselves. The circumcision guys. Yes, that they would literally emasculate themselves. That's what Paul said about people who do not preach grace. So he, he asks the question, shall we continue in sin? And by the way, sin is a noun there. It's shall we continue in the state of sin is what it's really saying. Yeah, just for the people who are actually looking at the passage. Yeah. Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? Now, where would he get a thought like that? Well, he just made the thought in the chapter before, which backs up your point of it's the law that makes sin increase. It actually says, going back to one chapter earlier in five, that where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Now I got that wrong. <laughs> the law was added that the trespass would increase 
But where sin increased or abounded, grace hyper abounded. And it's literally the word hyper abounded. It's the Greek word who pair that we get hyper, hyper from. So these people who are saying beware of hyper grace are contradicting that scripture that says hyper grace needs to abound. So two things. What made sin increase? What was added that sin would increase? The law was the added. Law. And what also increased to a greater measure than sin increasing? Was grace. the grace. But let me just reiterate we are talking about the grace as in the power of God slash Jesus Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is your grace that you're going to rely on to stop you from sinning. Because when it said in the law, sin will not be your master because you are under grace, not the law, it goes on in Romans 7 to talk about what it's like to be without that grace. So the grace is not just a forgiving grace. It's also a, a living grace. Em empowering a, grace. An empowering grace. Yeah, exactly. So as the sin increased, and why did the sin increase? Because of the addition of law that made sin utterly sinful. But as bad as sin got, it says grace also hyper-increased. Now we're, we're talking about not just the, the judicial punishment for sin. We're, now we're talking about living your daily life. So here's one example of what grace teachings do. And they are hyper-grace. For the great, this is Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, day to day, in the present, mm -hmm. in the now. So they're saying hyper-grace teachers teach you to sin all you want, but right there the Bible said grace teaches grace, you to say no, no to, to sin. sin. In ungodly living. So, are we going to go with the hyper-grace warners, or are we going to go with the Apostle Paul? Exactly. That's they, what... they say that grace teaches you can sin all you want. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says grace teaches you to say no to sin all you want. Who are you going to believe? <laughs> Whose report will you believe? Yes. I'm yes. going with Paul. That's all we're doing here at Guardians of Grace. We're just going, we're just going with the Bible. That's all we're doing. And the Bible tells us how to get a handle on sin. And it says, don't put yourself under the law, but put yourself under the grace. Because that's what it's going to go on to say in Romans 7, where it says, once again, we died to the law because the sinful passions which were aroused by the law made us bear fruit for death. But we've been released released from the law through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection 
in order that we may walk a what? In newness of life. And I think I'm new- quoting a different verse, but go ahead. Yeah. There again, he says this idea of newness in life. We walk in the newness of life in in the new man. We walk in the spirit of God and we shine as Christians. So what about the argument? Well, yeah, that's good. Uh, we need a, we all need a little grace, but you need to balance the grace with a little law, put a little fear of, of sin. Uh, there, there again, Paul answers the question. The Bible answers the question. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You can't have a little leaven, according to Paul, according to the Bible. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little bit of law in your grace just ruins grace. You have to get away from the Ten Commandment mentality whereby you are trying to please God in your own determination and get on a mentality that depends on God in you to live the Christian life for you, and then you give him the credit, thereby storing yourself up treasures in heaven. That's the new covenant way of life. That's the new covenant contract. That's what Paul said. He called it under the law of Christ. Under the law of Christ is let Christ do it through you, give Christ the credit, and store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We did a whole podcast on it, and all you have to do is listen to that podcast. Yeah, so the law or the teaching, the principle of the spirit of the life that is in Christ Jesus has set you free from this other principle called the law of the sin and the death. Two consistent principles, and one of them is the grace of God. The law of the spirit of the life of Christ is living under grace. And under that grace, two verses after what you just quoted, which was Romans 8.2, in 8.4 it says, it tells you how to live this sinless life. It says, all the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. It just told you how to whoop sin, which is what we're trying to do. And when we say you're not under the law, but you're under this this new way of doing things, whereby all the righteous requirements of the law are fully met by those of us who do not depend on ourselves, but depend on the Holy Spirit within us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about grace. We, we never even mentioned the idea of sinning all you want. We're trying to tell you how to sin less. And that's by using the power of God to do better than your performance could do. So walking in freshness of life, walking in newness of life, is the same thing as living by the Spirit. Yes. Say that again, Bill. 
walking in newness of life, that was his argument in Romans 6, 4, I think it was, that we would walk in newness of life, is the same as you just quoted it in Romans 8. All the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Walking after the spirit is walking in newness of life. Walking in newness of life, walking by the spirit, is the same as living by grace. Amen. Say that again. Just because I like to hear it. I like to hear walking by the Spirit is the same thing as walking by grace because I think people need to tie that thought together. It's the walking one. in newness of life, walking by the Spirit, and walking <clears throat> in grace are synonymous. They are the same thing. Yes. Just three different ways of saying the same thing. That's why Paul could say, this is my way of life in Christ Jesus, not in human effort that I teach everywhere in every church. That's what he was teaching. And this is what Guardians of Grace wants to hone in on. This teaching that Paul was doing about depending on the Spirit. See, grace has been reduced to just forgiveness of sins. Exactly. And what's left off is the power to be free from sin. Exactly. And that's the whole mystery of why the law before the gospel. Why Jesus go to the cross before he could enact a, a new life. Because he had to deal, first of all, the, the judicial side of God had to be dealt with first. That's why in the Garden of Eden, he sewed animal skins to cover them because they were naked and afraid. It wasn't because God couldn't look at sin. It was because they were ashamed. So the grace of God came through Jesus Christ and he paid for the sin debt once and for all and put away sin. We talked about that last podcast that he's never going to, sin is never going to be, our sins, past sins are never going to be, and by the way, they're all past sins from God's point of view. They're not going to be an issue with God. They never were the issue with God, but they need to not be the issue with us. You cannot be sin conscience and live by the Spirit. That is a huge point, Bill. You cannot be sin conscious you cannot be living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you cannot be living by your own guilty conscience you cannot be living by Hasatan the accuser accusing you of all, all these things you cannot be living under the law because those are all the things that accuse you of sin and make you feel bad but if you realize, no, Christ took care of that, and now I can live by the power of him living in me because that's what happened when I got born again. I received Christ into me, and I'm now the vessel that Jesus uses, and I can live by that power. The power of Christ is another 
synonym for living by grace. In, in, That's a fourth one. Yes. And let, let's see if this doesn't work synonymous, synonymously. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace towards me was not in vain, for I labored harder than all the rest. But it wasn't in me. It wasn't me laboring. It was the grace of God in me. How about, by the Spirit of God, I am what I am. And this Spirit was not in vain, because I labored harder than all the rest. But it wasn't me laboring. It was the Spirit in me. Synonymous. <laughs> yes. Not synonymous, but synonymous. Yes. yes. They are saying the same thing. Yes. This grace was not in vain. The spirit is not in vain. The freshness of the life of Christ is not in vain. All saying the same thing. Grace, living by the spirit, living in newness of life are the same thing. So that's why it says later on in Romans that the creation itself was subjected to futility or vanity, living a life in vain, in hopes, not of its own will, but of the will of him who subjected it, which was God, not of its own will, but the will of him who subjected it, in order that they'd be set free from their slavery to corruption. When you're under the law, you are enslaved by the sin man, the corruption. And that's why it's all futility to live in human effort. And it was saying God subjected all of us to the futility of human effort so we would learn the lesson that we're supposed to and get set free from that bondage to the sin man by getting set free from the law and embracing the idea of the spirit of Christ will do for me what I can't do for myself. That's the new covenant. The spirit of Christ will do for you what you can't do for yourself. Could we also say the grace of God will do for you what you can't do in human effort or by living by the law. Absolutely. Amen. Truly, truly. Living yeah. by law is human effort. Yes. So living by law, yeah, is human effort. And also living by law is what makes us conscious of sin. And what makes us... The consciousness of sin is where we hide from God. And we don't want to deal with the elephant in the room, the sin problem. We feel unreconciled. So what did God do in grace? In Romans 5, let's go to 10. If, for if while we were enemies, and that's in our mind, in, in Colossians it says, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. All right, so that is what allows us to have a sin-free conscience knowing that our debt was paid and we're not enemies with God, we're reconciled to God. Because of what Jesus did. We're and God reconciled us to himself. We didn't reconcile God back to us by doing anything. Which is what we're trying to do day by day when we live by human performance. We're trying to make ourselves reconcilable to God. Right. And I've this, turned over a new leaf 
I send a lot less. And this one says, count yourself as reconciled to God. You are reconciled to God, no matter how bad your day is, which means no matter how much you are sinning, you're reconciled to God. Exactly. And it doesn't stop. It mm-hmm. doesn't stop with just being a reconciled sinner. No, it's a great verse. Okay. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, past tense, we shall be saved by his life. That's a present active participle, Steve. Active voice because it's him doing it through us, not us doing it. Active voice is Johnny hit the ball. Passive voice is the ball hit Johnny. In verse 11, and not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So now we're reconciled to God and he can deal with the problem of sin. And he said, through our determination, we can glorify God. (laughs) Bill just read it. He said, through Christ, we can glorify God, not through our humanity. We won't glorify God. We will fail. We will fall short. But through Christ in us, we can give God his proper glory, his proper due. Let me just read this. This is all leading up to Romans 6. So continuing the sin. Okay, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered into the world and death through sin, death is that physical death, but it's also that horrible feeling you have, the naked and ashamed. Therefore, just as through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even after those who had not sinned in the offense of Adam, who is a type of the one to come. So Adam was a type of the one to come, meaning that He's the one that introduced the sin into the world, but the one to come is the one is Jesus, and he's the one that took sin out of the world, and he's doing it every day through us by the Spirit. The Spirit saves us from ourselves. It's a present day temporal in-time salvation in our day-to-day experience, Jesus saves us constantly throughout the day from ourselves. This is what living by the grace of God is. Living by the grace of God is saying, Jesus, save me from myself all day today. Jesus is the grace. So we just saw how there was two men in play here. The first man brought sin into the world, but the second man in 1 Corinthians 15.45, the first man became a living soul, Adam, in sin. The second man and the last man became a what? A life-giving spirit. But before he came, became a life-giving spirit, 
He became a sin-bearing lamb that took away the sin of the world. Now, having judicially taken away the sin of the world, he can deal with the power of sin through his spirit, which we said is living by grace. So the whole idea that grace makes you can make you sin more, that, that's why it's so important when he says, don't you know? You have to know these things. When someone says grace is a license to sin, don't you know? Right, it's the law that is the license to sin. It's the law. Through the law, sinful passions were aroused. Through the law, sin sprang to life and deceived me. And through it, it being the law, killed me. And in the same Romans chapter 6, For sin shall not be master over you, because you are what? Not Not under law. But what? Under grace. That is what you have to be aware of. That is what the Bible tells you you have to be aware of, is getting yourself back under the Ten Commandment mentality, the human performance treadmill. That is what the Bible warns you about. Amen. And in no way, shape, or form does or will ever do does Guardians of Grace promote sin. It's just a label you can't pin on us. No, we're all about how free from sin. Yeah. We're we're about the actual formula for sin. We're actually letting the Bible show you how to live a robust Christian life. Amen. So the question was asked, if grace doesn't make you sin all you want, does that mean you can sin somewhat or some of the time? Okay, okay. You you do sin somewhat or some of the time. The reason, there, there's several very good reasons, but because God will be disappointed in you is just not one of the reasons. That's where they get off with this idea, oh, you can send it all you want because God won't be disappointed. Yeah, you, you don't want to send all you want, but if you're thinking it's because God will be disappointed, it's not so. It's not so. You don't want to sin for the sake of the gospel. Right. For the sake of your marriage or your job. (laughs) Because you'll drive the people crazy. Sin has its consequences for the sake of not going to jail. For the sake of not manifesting the spirit of God. When you are sinning, you are not manifesting the spirit of God. You're not manifesting the child of God. Do you remember us doing proazo and poieo in 1 John 3? Two Greek words in 1 John 3, which were never commit a single sin. And it said the child of God never commits a single solitary sin because he's been born of the sperma of God. 
That means Christ in you does not sin. You're not manifesting Christ if you are sinning. You're not experiencing heaven on earth if you're sinning. If you're sinning, you're not experiencing either Christ or the kingdom of God. And Jesus talked about both of those things quite a bit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you're in the kingdom of God, you'll be producing righteousness. That means right living with the people around you. You won't be bothering anybody. There'll be no laws against what you, you'll do. You'll be fulfilling all the righteous requirement of the law if you do not walk according to human effort, but walk according to the Spirit's power. It is the Spirit's power that we are talking about when we talk about grace. It is the way to live the sinless life. But the reasons not to sin are many. They're just, I could go on and do, do a few more of them, but they're just not, the, the one reason that isn't there is because God will be mad at you or God will punish you. He's not. He remembers your sins and lawless deeds no more. He made that covenant. He promised us he would remember our sins and lawless deeds no more. And he is a promise keeper. We proved not to be promise keepers because we were trying to do it in our own strength. Promise keepers wasn't saying it's the spirit of God in you loud enough for those people to depend on the spirit. It just kept talking about this word commitment, commitment, commitment. You're uncommitted, you're not committing enough. And it fell apart. With man, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. It is possible for us to blossom as Christians. We just depend on the spirit of God. We depend on grace to do it. We don't depend on all our sins are forgiven. That's not what we're depending on. That's another definition of grace. We're in the way that means I'm relying on the grace of God. I'm relying on the power of God in me. I'm relying on the grace that is in me. I'm relying on the spirit that is in me to do for me what I could never seem to achieve myself. That's the aspect of grace that we're talking about, not sin all you want. I hope this does clarify it and give you peace because I know there's a lot of people out there that are asking this same question and, and for legitimate reasons. They, they think I could embrace this grace message, but I, I don't want a greasy grace message. We're not preaching a greasy grace message here. We're doing what the Bible says. I don't know of anybody that does a greasy grace. I never did meet anybody, but if they're out there, don't go to them. But it's okay if you come here and it's okay if you tell your friends to come here because that's actually what we want you to do. We, we, we need you to go out and invite more friends 
to the Guardians of Grace podcast and the Guardians of Grace Facebook page and get in our community in fellowship with one another so that iron can sharpen iron. But I think I've said enough. I'm going to let Bill close in prayer. I was just going to say, for my own fascination, if you do find someone that teaches grace as a license to sin, please send us an excerpt from a book an article or a soundbite from a message that you heard or because I've never heard it and I'd like to hear it if, if it is out there so I'm going to say it's a false warning yeah thank you Father God take these words and let them be life to us for it is your grace that has appeared and it brings salvation deliverance from sin to all people it's your grace that instructs us to deny ungodliness and worldly desire. And it's your grace that teaches us to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. We love you. Good night. We love spending that 15 cents a day. <laughs> amen. Amen. I burned through mine already. Yeah.